this is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my IDP I like to see. Steven Galindo, how you doing? It's great to be back for another week. Um, this was a very hard week, uh, weekend for me. I think I lost three out of my four leagues, um, and I was projected to win three of my four leagues. So, And what's funny is the league I actually uh, got the W in, I was projected to lose. So there you it's go. weird how fantasy football works, you know. Um, one moment you're on top, and the next, you know, you lose three or four of your players to injury, and then, you know, you're middle of the pack, and then slowly seeing yourself slip to the bottom. So that's mm-hmm. why we do this show to give you guys advice, to give you guys some uh, guidance um, because it's still early in the season. Yes, we're 25% of the way done, but um, we're nowhere near halfway and um, we're, we're, we're going to get there together. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll probably say I'm no expert. Like I'm in a league. Uh, I think I have, I'm in a couple leagues that I was able to get myself back to two and two after starting zero and two, and then uh, I've actually um, I'm zero and four in one league. <laughs> I I'm four and zero in another. Uh, and some of those dynasty leagues, I feel like I or one of the dynasty leagues I should say is a league that I drafted with the intention of not being good my first year, and here I am four and zero. All my plans are actually going in the toilet because I have no idea what I'm going to do in the offseason because I was expecting to get Caleb Williams. But but we'll have to see. Um, and that's if Caleb Williams even declares for the draft. And low-key, I'm hoping he stays. But that's a different podcast for a different day, right? Uh, we Like you mentioned, we're a quarter of the way through the season. You know, you're a combination of four and zero, zero and four, one and three, three and one, two and two of some sort. I think it's time we can start giving grades to players. And before I came onto the podcast, I was like, let's have a different grading scale because I feel like fantasy football is uh, a lot more complicated than just A through F's like grades, right? So. The first grade, which is the highest grade, is an E for everyday starter. Set them and forget them. Those are the players that you could just put in your lineup. You don't get too cute with them. S is for streamers. You know, you might not play them every week, but it's still a high enough grade that you trust that you'll actually play them. B is for bench, that they're just going to sit on your bench unless you're in a desperate situation or it's a bye week or there's an injury, but they're just going to sit on your bench. And C is for cut. Like you literally just don't you don't want them on your team anymore. I don't know if any of these players we have in front of us are in the C range, but uh, maybe there is one. Which player do you want to start off with first, Steven? Let's take it to the controversial C in Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow with another not so good performance. You know, we talked about this on the last episode, actually the last few episodes. It's really looking like the calf is giving him some trouble. He went up against the Titans, and everybody that's played the Titans, as far as quarterback has gone, has blown them up, has thrown for you know hundreds of yards, multiple touchdowns. And I think Joe Burrow came out of this this game with what six fantasy points. Let me take somewhere a quick in that look. range. Uh, it depends what league you're in and what stats you use, but I would say the conventional uh, stat format or points format. He got 4.7. 4.7. And that's not going to get you anywhere. I think uh, I think it's time to cut Joe Burrow. Unless you have space on your bench to stash him, I think you're cutting Joe Burrow. Um, there's guys on the waivers that you can, uh, that you can stream. Mm-hmm. You can stream Brock Purdy. You can stream CJ Stroud. You can even stream Joshua Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. Who would have thought that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that, right? So uh, I actually saw a funny meme today, mm-hmm. and it was a little snippet of Avengers Infinity War. And the caption read, like, or it had a picture of like Joe Burrow, and then underneath it, it said, like, cut or drop. And it was it was Thanos saying... You know the hardest the hardest decisions require the strongest wills, the strongest <laughs> will. And I said that's so true because like 
when you see Joe Burrow, you don't look at a player that you're going to drop, you know, to the waivers, mm-hmm. you know, but at this point in the season, he hasn't, I don't think he's surpassed 20 points in a game yet. No, um, in week two, he got about 16 points. And then every other week, the first one was three. And I'm I'm just, you know, like I said, every league's a little different. So I'm just going to kind of go like based on the closest number it's to. First week, three. Third week, eight. Last week was four point seven, so roughly five or less. Yeah, it's 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 time to cut Joe Burrow. Maybe make a trade, you know, uh, for some quarterbacks who are down right now. Maybe Justin Fields. Um, shoot, even Baker Mayfield, you can stream. Now that I think about it, he's looked pretty good. Like you know, maybe trade for Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other quarterbacks that might just be down right now. Um, maybe yeah. you can trade for Anthony Richardson, although I think probably whoever has him, if he's been picked up, is probably now using him as a QB one. But maybe they have an extra quarterback on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's time to. I think it's time to start uh, getting away from Joe Burrow at the moment. Yeah, I'm not quite at cut territory. I to be honest, though, like I don't have any. Joe Burrow stock this year so maybe I'm not feeling it as personally as some other fantasy managers are I so my weeks are coming up yeah my weeks are coming up and I think that's kind of where I'm at is right now he's certainly a bench player like I don't even think I would consider streaming him unless he shows something first right like I think he looked okay in week two but to have two consecutive weeks against not so great defenses even though the Rams defense could be surprising they're still like you know rocking like six round draft picks uh as their DBs and stuff like that so to to kind of take a step back I don't want to like overthink this and I do feel like I overthink this like sometimes I have a player on my team who I feel like is completely useless and I would say Joe Burrow is kind of useless at this point but you don't want to if you do have the roster spot on your team, I would say uh, my grade would be a bench because you don't want to just throw him to the waivers for nothing and then he does figure it out at some point. Like there's still plenty of weeks left in fantasy football. You know, you we still have about 10 more weeks of the regular season left. He could like if he does turn it around, you just don't want to give someone a free Joe Burrow. So I still think like I wouldn't be surprised if we do half like our like halfway through the season grades he's a cut for me. I I think like you know the leash is a little short for Joe Burrow. But he's on the bench for now. Maybe if he shows you two quality weeks he can move back to your QB1. But for now, especially with T Higgins out and I don't know when T Higgins is ever going to come back. He has a rib fracture. I've seen players play with rib injuries and I've also seen players miss entire seasons due to him. So Breathing is going to be extremely difficult for T. Higgins. He's a bench for me. He's a B right now. You know, I think he's on the bench. Uh, I would give it two more weeks. If he has two more weeks of single-digit performances, then, yeah, you could probably just throw him to the waivers. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Right, The first four weeks have have, you know, flown by. At this point, you may be 0-4, you may be 1-3, and 2-2, but there's so much season left, and I think we have to be honest with ourselves. You know, a four-week sample size is pretty significant. Mm-hmm. You know, look on the flip side of that coin. If you picked up Puka Nakua off of waivers, he's proven in that four weeks he's an everyday starter. That's true. So you can't sit here and say, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow deserves a bench spot. If you're hurting for spots, he's he's totally a candidate to drop. He he's only put up one decent game. I I don't know where he's at. If he's even ranked in the top 20 of QBs. I think, you know, if he does start to blow up, you know, then you'll have to go back and try to get him off the waivers or, you know, use some fab on him, but like you mentioned, T Higgins is gone. He has the lingering calf issue. You know, he wasn't able to get it done against two middle-of-the-pack defenses, lower-end defenses. Like, I think it's time to see what you can uh, pull together because I think these next three weeks, five, six, seven, these are the weeks that really turn turn the tide 
when it comes to rankings in your league. So this is where people are going to separate from that, uh, you know, bunch of people in the middle with the same record. So some people are going to start to move down in the rankings and some people are going to continue to pull ahead, you know, even further where they might be now. So um, I think the next three weeks are crucial. It's not time to get cute. It's not time to hope that Joe Burrow can put up 15, 20 points. I think it's time to uh, use the data and use common sense and move on from Joe Burrow. Yeah, I agree with 98% of that. I do think you could, if you can, stash him on your bench for at least a week or two. Like, I would, I would, that's just like, that's where I'm at. But I agree with everything you said. Like, he's flat out low key sucked. <laughs> Sorry, no, not low key, high key. Um, it's funny because you brought up the whole, like, this is the sample size. Four weeks is a decent sample size. And I mean, you had a sidebar. We, I ran into you over the weekend and we both have Trevor Lawrence stock. And we both said basically, Four weeks is a decent sample size to understand that you should. We should probably move on from Trevor Lawrence as well. Uh, so I'll give my grade first, though. I think Trevor Lawrence currently is still in streaming territory. I think the upside of Trevor Lawrence and the offense that the Jaguars have, even though we have a really decent sample size already, I still think Trevor Lawrence most likely has the most upside to perform the streaming options you might have on the waiver wire. And most people's QB2s, if people are stashing QBs on their bench, I think it's matchup oriented. But like Trevor Lawrence is still not necessarily shown that he's a great quarterback. I think like right now, like if someone said, uh, I would rather start Joshua Dobbs than Trevor Lawrence, I'm like, you know what? You might have an argument there, you know? Uh, Sam Howell, then it's it's a little tricky. If Sam Howell's your is your next option, then I still think you might want to ride with Trevor Lawrence a little bit. Um, what are your takes? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is kind of a, a sticky situation as well. Um, you know, he's been putting up okay numbers, mm-hmm. but I don't think you know sixteen points a game is going to get it done. It's going to barely get you by. And like we mentioned in a previous episode, quarterback is a pretty important decision. And now it's starting to make sense why these top-tier quarterbacks was worth the early-round draft picks. Yeah, because we, we, we felt like there's eight set-and-forget-it quarterbacks in the preseason. We like Even Joe Burrow is one of those. Like We thought the health of Joe Burrow was going to be an issue, not his performance. But it's been his performance. Trevor Lawrence and, was one of those top five is five to six quarterbacks selected in most people's drafts. I was one of them. You were one of them. We we have Trevor Lawrence stock, and he's performing right now at like QB seventeen or something like that. That's not going to cut it. We didn't draft in the fifth or sixth round or fourth or some some leagues. If they're super QB happy, you might have to start considering taking one in the third. You didn't take a QB this early in a draft for your QB seventeen. Like, if you wanted someone who's going to let you down every other week, then you might as well draft Kirk Cousins. Like, you know, it's you. It, it, I think it's because of the players you missed out on because you thought you had to take Trevor Lawrence early is probably the thing that hurts the most. It's like if we wanted a QB 17, we couldn't have picked one up on the waivers. So I still consider him a streaming option because now that he's at QB 17, it's just a hit or miss if he's better than the people on your waiver wire. So, like, basically, you could pick someone up to stream, and he may perform better than them, and he may not. It's not. I think he is a waiver. He's performing at a waiver wire quarterback level in a 12-team league. <laughs> and so it's just like, do you want to go with Trevor Lawrence, who has a really good offensive coach behind him, has talent around him, and has the potential to put up a 30-point game at some point? Or do you want to rock with... The guys on your waiver wire, you know, like I would, I would certainly go try to find a better quarterback in your league. I would still try, I would certainly try to trade to get a QB 12 or higher. But if you can't, then I think he's a streaming option. 
Yeah, just real quick. I don't want to, you know, stay stuck on on this uh, on this QB situation. But Trevor Lawrence obviously has a tough matchup this week. He plays Buffalo in London, and then his schedule eases up a little bit. He plays Indianapolis, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. All these teams aren't strong against the pass. Mm-hmm. Then he has the bye week. Comes back, plays San Francisco, who against the pass like isn't the best. I mean, their defense overall is really good. Mm-hmm. Then he plays Tennessee. But this is the kicker here, and this is where I get worried. His last three games, the you know the playoffs, so week 14, 15, and 16, Trevor Lawrence plays Cleveland in week 14, mm-hmm. Baltimore in week 15, and Tampa Bay in week 16. Who are they playing so, 17? Uh, Carolina. So he would get a Carolina matchup if you were to play in a championship game in your league. Yeah, so he plays... You know, three pretty good defenses against the pass in the last, you know, in the playoffs and the championship. So maybe look to sell Trevor Lawrence after a good game. You know, hopefully he doesn't put up a dud this week. But, you know, with this upcoming schedule of easier teams, maybe it'd be smart to shop Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow. Why am I stuck on Joe Burrow? (laughs) Trevor Lawrence after a good game. Yeah, that's that makes, just my opinion. Yeah, that makes sense. And the just the quick thing is, hopefully he does have a good game because those Jacksonville London games seem like they're like their secondary home. So maybe he's they've already been there for a week. I'm assuming they didn't come back home. I'm assuming they stayed there. So I I'm assuming that like you know Jacksonville's already you know got the jet lag like you know worn off at this point. They've been practicing in the weather. I, maybe Jacksonville could have a sneak a good game against Buffalo. He only put up 200 passing yards and one touchdown against Atlanta. And then he only put up 280 passing yards and one touchdown against Houston. So I am a little worried. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I would, I would look to sell him high when he has a good game. Um, you know, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, just a real, just real quick. Um, I want this said again. In the preseason, I said the Texans might win this division, and I'm I'm gonna stick to that. <laughs> yeah, they looked good. Uh, let's move on to some of these uh, running backs. Uh, Najee Harris. Uh, we don't have to get too detailed. We kind of talked about I've talked about him a bit last week. He had a slightly better game this week. Got into double digits, but barely. Um, it seems like he really struggles to just get up and down the field. Not that like he's out of shape or anything. It's just something about the Steelers offense. It just feels like they're playing with the pause button on. Like I I have some stock in this offense and it's just, it's just not, it's just really difficult and frustrating to watch. Uh, I leaning toward, okay, let me put this way. I guess streaming because the running back position in, in most leagues is probably really thin, so he's probably at least a good solid flex for your team. Uh, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he's a bench player. Like I'm I'm right in between that S and B right now. <laughs> I'm right in between that son <laughs> yeah. of a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I would say he's streaming just because of how thin the running back position is. More so than than his performance, actually. So he's he's playing like a bench player, but he's he I guess he's a streamer because most running backs are like not that good. He's ranked the uh, the number thirty four running back right now, mm-hmm. and then just for perspective, um, he plays Baltimore this week. Then they have a bye. And then he plays three pretty tough, you know, rush defenses in the Rams, who are pretty decent against the run, or who have been decent against the run this year. Jacksonville, who's been decent against the run, and Tennessee, who's pretty good against the run. You know, you beat Tennessee through the air. So I think he's also another sell once he, you know, if he has a good game, sell, sell high. Um, I'd look to to trade him, maybe to a Steelers fan in your league, 
Um, for me, he's not a cut, but I mean, he's right in, in between, you know, a streaming option and a bench stash. Cause I think, you know, there are enough options out there that you can find another player with more upside rather than sit there and hope that Najee Harris is going to blow up just magically out of nowhere. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we've might have accidentally came up with a like an in between grade. Like uh those SOBs is like right between streamer and bench. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, uh Kyle Pitts. He's bench, I would say. Kyle He Kyle might be Pitts in cut so territory. Hard. He might be in it's cut so territory. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard because you want to love Kyle Pitts, the athleticism the possibility of what could be but we've been at this for the last three years and uh it's not looking like it's going to change arthur smith hates kyle pitts maybe not intentionally you know but it just doesn't make any sense you have this they have talented kyle pitts talented drake london they got the massive matt collins like they can have a decent overall offense other than their rushing obviously they have Bijan they have Tyler Algier they even have Jonu Smith as a you know the second well now he's probably the first tight end he's put up more more yards and more uh catches than Kyle Pitts so it's really hard to sit here and say like you could start Kyle Pitts with confidence but I'm not ready to just throw him out in the waivers yet I would I would stash him if you have the bench space if I had to choose between Joe Burrow and Kyle Pitts to stash, I'm stashing Kyle Pitts. Reason okay. being is the that, tight fair. end is a very, very shallow position to find talent. And it, and it just takes one week of maybe they throw it to Kyle Pitts. He does really well and they realize, hey, this might work. Mm-hmm. And then they continue to do that. So for me, he's a bench stash right now. But honestly, like I'm not. I probably would look to start somebody else. I might even start Jonu Smith over Kyle Pitts. I'm starting um, Jake Ferguson from the Cowboys. I'm starting Luke Musgrave. I'm starting you know Sam Laporta, who's looked really good the last couple weeks. Um, who's the other one? Kincaid from Buffalo. Like I'm starting those guys over Kyle Pitts. Like yeah, I, I, just, I, I think at at this point in time, you know, you can't rely on Kyle Pitts. I. I'm benching him. He has a B rating right now. But I'm less likely to keep him because I feel like the Falcons could turn around. I think he's a prime trade deadline candidate this year. And the trade deadline is at the end of this month. And I do feel like he could possibly be moved to a team that might actually utilize him. So a part of me is like, if you could stash him on your bench for another few weeks see what you know the rumors swirl around the league and see what happens then i'm like oh, okay i think if the trade deadline passes and kyle pitts has still not come out of the offense yet then he's he's probably a cut player in november like you probably don't need to keep him he like he's performing at a waiver wire level he might give you four or five points he's like a bi-week starter at this point at best so i would i would keep him on your bench until the trade deadline in the nfl and then I would reevaluate, like, if he's still in Atlanta or now, or if Atlanta found a way to use him. Because, like, even if they try to use him in, in, like, a more spread offense or something like that and kind of put him in that slot, you know, or they still have to feed Drake London, too. And so it's one of those things is, like, they could they could barely feed both, let alone two of them. And so. Ritter just doesn't look competent enough to... No, he doesn't. To be able to feed anybody. So it's really tough right now for the Falcons. Another tight end, uh, George Kittle. Uh, The history is on his side, but the offense, I feel like ever since Christian McCaffrey came to that offense, it just kind of stunted everyone's growth, like in terms of fantasy production. Like like people, like, you know, uh, Brandon Ayuk will have a great week, and then he'll, like, put up a dud in there. I got to say this. Debo Samuel. What's up? It's not just Christian McCaffrey, but the emergence of Ayuk. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gotten better. He looks better out there. I know we talked about him in the preseason. He's probably wide receiver one in terms of the 49ers right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's just so much talent on that 49, 49ers team that it's hard to get everybody the ball, you know? It's right. really like 
it's really going to just depend on on the on the flow of the game, what's working. You know, like last week it was Christian McCaffrey. The week mm-hmm. before that it was Debo Samuel. The week before that it was Kittle. The week before that it was Ayuk. So, I mean, you're starting all these guys, and you're hoping that it's their week. But um, George Kittle for me, because the tight end position is so just so out of whack, so shallow. Um, I think the upside here for George Kittle is too high for you to bench him. Um, so for me, I mean, he's a starter. I mean, the talent's there. Hmm. Um, he's going to get his opportunity. Uh, I'm I'm going to continue to start George Kittle. For me, he's a streamer. I'm trying to upgrade at the position, knowing that it's going to be extremely hard because tight end is such a premium position. But I am going to certainly try to attempt to upgrade. So I, I I'm putting him in that streamer category, but you probably are starting him because like it's the same thing we I said with Harris. Like there might not be other options out there that are better. Uh, if you want, you could have Kittle and Pitts on your on your team and and just make the wrong decision every week to start either one. Uh, but uh, due to the 49ers offense looking pretty solid so far with all the weapons, the fact that they are going to get into the goal line quite a few times a game. That allows for George Kittle to be at least a red zone threat every game, even if it doesn't, you know, happen, I guess. Uh, but I would say, yeah, stream streamer for me. I think like you try to upgrade, but if you can't, then yeah, you're starting. And right now in PPR formats, he's uh tight end 13. Reason we use PPR, obviously a lot of people do PPR. A lot of the tight end premium leagues are PPR. So, I mean, he's he's tight end 13. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I know he was probably drafted high. Um, <laughs> he I, was high when he was drafted? Or yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, only got one, uh, he only got one target in the last game. He got nine targets the week before then. And that's when he put up 16 points. He got three targets. He got, and then he got six targets in week one. I, I do feel like he's probably going to be in that five to nine, five to ten targets a game range. You know, I think the one target last week was an outlier. So, if you're confident that he can make the most out of his targets, then I think you're good. Uh, I'm leaning toward everyday starter still, but I would. You don't want to get too cute, right? Like he's the the history of his performances, the history of him being a top three tight end in most years, kind of puts him in a position where you should start him. But yeah, oh, uh, you want to get into a couple? Well, actually, let's let's we'll go, let's move on to a running back, and then we'll come back to two wide receivers. Uh, Alexander Madison, where do you where do you put him? You know, he's looked good the last two weeks. Maybe they told him, hey, we're we're going to get another guy if you can't pick it up. You know, they went and got Cam Akers. Um, but, you know, the last two weeks, he's looked pretty good. Um, I would start him. He's a starter for me. Um, I, I, either, you know, as your running back two or your flex. You know, if you're able to start him as a flex because you have two better options, then you're probably in good shape. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I'm going to start him. He's a starter for me. He's a starter too. I think the Cam Akers thing kind of makes you want to hesitate a little bit. The Cam Akers stuff kind of makes you want to like, oh, he might be a streamer. But if we're saying, or if we're just using the four, first four weeks as an example, he's performing running backs like Najee Harris and stuff like that. So everyday starter until the Cam Akers is more involved in the offense. I think that's, that's yeah, where I'm at. He's a top 20 running back right now. So. I, I, Definitely a starter. I would say, based on the eye test a little bit, though, when I saw both of them on the field the last game, it just seemed like Cam Akers was not entirely... How should I put this? Like He was not entirely up up to par with like in terms of knowing the offense, but mm-hmm. you could just tell he's just, I feel like, a more gifted runner than Alexander Madison. He did... He did look a lot more explosive. Yeah, like you, you just felt like he could break one off, or you know, like once he has another couple of weeks with the offense, I think the the natural feeling of things is that they're going to start giving Cam Akers more reps, and then when we reevaluate maybe later in the year, we're going to be like, oh yeah, Cam Akers was the one you should that should have been playing the whole time. But 
they're they're in that weird uh, holding pattern after a trade and stuff right now. So you, we're not quite sure. And he played with uh, Kevin O'Connell, you know, back in LA. So, mm-hmm. um, but for now, he's a starter. Yep. Set it and forget it. I would say so. Want to move on to Marquise Brown of the Arizona Cardinals? Hollywood Brown. There so was. I was. A lot I, of, yeah. I was going to say, sorry, Go I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was like, dude, I doubted the shit out of drafting him. I, and there's some people that. Uh, I I would say no one drafted him with confidence. <laughs> you know, someone could call me out on that. They would. I don't think anyone drafted him with confidence. I think they just were like, hmm, well, he's available there. I think I'd, I've seen him play before. I think he's wide receiver one in this offense. Sure, I'll take a shot at him. And it's turned out to look pretty solid for most people. And he's performing quite a few wide receivers that were picked before him. So I would say he's an everyday starter for me. Yeah, um, he's ranked, or right now, he's 21. He's ranked 21 out of all wide receivers in fantasy points. This is the stat here, though, that really, like, would would put your starting, everyday starter, in, in like, a concrete data here. He's got a 40% target share. It's crazy. So they're getting him the ball. They're looking for him. You know, like we mentioned earlier, Joshua Dobbs is doing pretty well. Um, their schedule, even you know, even against tough teams, even against the the Niners, he looked good. Mm-hmm. Even against the Cowboys, he looked good. So I mean, like I think the Arizona Cardinals are they're actually a little bit fantasy relevant. You know, we thought mm-hmm. we thought that the opposite of them. You know, coming into the into the season, but yeah, Marquise Brown is definitely a uh, set it and forget it. And honestly. If you're really worried about the Arizona's offense, now would be a time to trade him. Yeah, if you're that worried about it, you can you, I, can, you can trade him. Yeah, but I would I would sit here and say I probably trust the combination of Dobbs, who looks like he's trying to play for his next NFL contract, and uh, Dobbs and Brown that combination over a lot of combinations in this league. Like I yeah. I, th- I think like even if like you said like earlier with the quarterbacks you stream Dobbs and I think like. There's going to be weeks where you might want to like maybe even play that stack, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, especially this bye weeks coming up. I don't think that's such a wild take. Um, yeah, he's an everyday starter. Um, how about Michael Pittman Jr.? Here's another guy that we thought um, not too highly of coming into the season, only because of all the Anthony Richardson um, hype about him. Uh, being a better runner, not a good passer. Mm-hmm. But surprisingly, like Michael Pittman has put up a pretty decent season so far in you know, these first four games that we've watched. Um, for me, he's a streamer. I think it depends on the matchup for me. Right now, he's wide receiver 30. So for me, it's the matchup. Um, I still think that because Anthony Richardson is going to probably run more than you know your average quarterback, uh, does kind of lower the fantasy value of Michael Pittman, but in a good matchup, like I think he's a starter. Yeah, I, there's some leagues where there's only one flex spot, and I do think in that situation he's a he's a streamer, right? You're kind of in that in that mode of like, ah, well, is Michael Pittman's matchup going to fit for this for this week? Uh, I kind of put him in that. I I, I think I want to say he's an everyday starter though. If you have multi, if you have a couple flex spots or you're kind of weak at wide receiver, I think you kind of trust him to to play for you and at least give you quality numbers. Like he's not going to outperform most people on your team, but I think he he he's he has a decent chance of getting to double digits. And I think that's sometimes. And you know, this Colts offense looks really fun. And I and he looks like he he does get a decent target share, you know, from Anthony Richardson. And he looked pretty good when Gardner Minshew was out there too. Like he's played with two quarterbacks this year. He's looked pretty good. I understand if you have that one flex spot though, and you have to be very careful on who you give that flex spot to. Then yeah, he might be a streaming option. But outside of that, I think he's an everyday starter. Yeah, he's got a thirty-four percent target share. Pretty good. So, 
we gave some grades. Now we get to get a little wild with our booms bus and out of the stadium picks. Uh, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go first here. And let's start off high. Let's enter this week's booming and bussing mm-hmm. in, in a positive note. This week for a boom, I'm taking Anthony Richardson. Okay. I know we just talked about it right now, you know, passing is is so and so but the rushing aspect is there this week he goes up against the tennessee titans so this might be a game where you want to start michael Pittman, actually yeah because the titans the titans are pretty decent against the run although i think anthony richardson's still going to get his yards and points on the ground but this is going to be i think a good day for michael Pittman and you know joshua uh downs um Possibly Downs finally getting his first touchdown of the year. We'll see. But uh, my boom this week is Anthony Richardson. I like it. Uh, so you think he's going to like l- like legitimately get well over 20 points? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely over 20. 30? Honestly, if I had to guess, over 25. Over 25? Do you think he could get – not that you think he get 30. Are you going to – are you going to say he's going to get there? Do you think he'll like, are, is he, he can get 30? Okay. He's playing at home against the Titans. Okay. So I thought when I sat down in front of my mic today that I, I was like, we might go through an entire podcast without talking about this guy. But I, when we were, when we were going through this and I was like, Hey, you know, I have a wild boom. I'm picking Zach Wilson to have a boom week. I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have going off the hype of outperforming Patrick Mahomes in front of Taylor Swift last week. I think Zach Wilson's finally got some confidence. I feel like his team is behind him and I'm going to say he's going to boom because he is playing the Denver Broncos and the Denver Broncos have lit plenty of quarterbacks this week, this year, like really well good. Justin Fields, who's like, ah, we're not quite sure about him, plays against the Broncos, has the game of the year so far for Justin Fields. Tua, And that's without rushing. That's without rushing. That's without rushing. Tua, you know, breaks a damn record <laughs> or does something that they haven't done in, uh, in like the modern era of the NFL against this Denver Broncos offense. D- do I think Zach Wilson is a streaming option? I think so. I think if you're really hurting at quarterback and you're just not in love with all the other players, why not give Zach Wilson a chance? Did you know he's ranked 25 out of court out of all the quarterbacks right now? Six spots above Joe Burrow. Four spots above Ryan Tannehill. And he and he hasn't even broke 20 points yet this year. I think Zach Wilson is going to go for 20 plus points against the Denver Broncos. I wouldn't even be surprised if he has like a little QB sneak into the end zone at some point. <laughs> but I want to throw this out there mm-hmm. just to add to the drama. Sean Payton with some disrespectful comments before the season started about Nathaniel Hackett, right? Offensive coordinator, Jets. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a little personal here. So I think the defense is going to come to play. I'm hoping that the Broncos can at least, you know, defend some of Sean Payton's honor out there. And not just get spanked, um, but I think that's a great pick. Honestly, <laughs> it's like, very surprising, but it's a good pick. Like I don't know if I have the cojones to actually do it. Like I don't know if I would actually stream him this week. But I am picking so him. Who, the who are you? I am. Who would you pick? Boom. Would you pick uh, Zach Wilson against mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos or Joe Burrow against the Cardinals? I might pick Zach Wilson against the Broncos. Like, I think Joe Burrow's if you're, if you're in that. If you're 0-4, mm-hmm. if you're 0-4, if you're 1-3, hell, even if you're 2-2, two and two, I think the, the risk outweighs yeah, or the, the possible reward outweighs the risk. And if Joe Burrow outperforms Zach Wilson, then you're like, okay, cool, good. I know Now I know what to do the week after. But Joe Burrow hasn't proved anything. Let's just say... Zach Wilson bus and Joe Burrow bus. There's a decent chance Zach Wilson will still get more points than Joe Burrow. 
Like Zach Wilson, if you rock, if you walk away with a Zach Wilson performance of eleven points, that's better than what Joe Burrow's been doing the last four weeks, basically, except for one of those weeks. So, like, if you, if worst case scenario, you get eleven points from Zach Wilson, he might be doing better than what your quarterback's doing right now. You know, and if you have like Geno Smith stock, he has a bye week. You know, I I think you know give Zach Wilson a shot. Joe Burrow is averaging seven point nine fantasy points. And Zach Wilson is averaging 10. So, <laughs> there you hey, go. all signs are pointing Zach Wilson. It's crazy to say it, but uh, how about uh, your busting pick this week? All right, so I'm busting. So, I'm going with Dallas Goddard. I feel like he has not performed. I would say there's a plenty of Philadelphia. Like, you know, like when we were talking about uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed on some of these teams. Uh I feel like, you know, using the 49ers as an example, I feel like the same thing's happened in Philadelphia. Like, A.J. Brown started a little slow. I felt like, you know, uh, like there, DeAndre Swift had, like, one point the first week. Dallas Goddard uh, started the season a little slow, and he's one of those tight ends that you probably drafted within the first 10 rounds or so, thinking that he was going to have a great year. And I think, you know, this Rams defense is a little underrated. And I think Dallas Goddard is going to have another bust of a week. And I think um, if you have Dallas Goddard on your team, I would consider streaming. Yeah, he's ranked 30th in tight ends. He averages two points a game. And you can stream guys like Jake Ferguson, Tyler Higby, mm-hmm. Jonu Smith, who is 11th in fantasy points right now in the tight end position. He got all that in like one week though, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, well, Donald Parham is on by. Cade Otten. There you go. Who would have thought? Of, who would have thunk <laughs> it, right? He's averaging three points a game. So yeah, there's other guys that you could stream with a higher upside. Logan Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think uh, some leagues have Zach Ertz available. And we've and been, Ertz, yeah. yeah, we've been praising that Cardinals offense a bit, and Zach Ertz has been fine, but you know, fine is going to be better than what some of these other Titans have been doing. Me and Zach Ertz go way back because mm-hmm. he was my tight end when I made my first championship uh, game, and that year my my team name was my ball Zach Ertz, okay. and it was the most clever name I've ever had, and. Shout out to Zach Ertz, man. <laughs> You're a real one. I respect that. You but know. my bus pick, I'm yeah. about to bus, is I'm going to stick on the quarterbacks. Okay. I'm going to stick with the quarterback. It's a quarterback hour mm-hmm. today because I just keep getting I keep getting beat down by these quarterbacks. Um, either I'm not picking the right quarterback or the quarterback going up against me just puts me down. But this week, my bus is Kirk Cousins okay. of the Minnesota Vikings. He's going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have a pretty decent defense. Uh, the Vikings have had trouble protecting Kirk Cousins, and so I think that's going to continue this week. I think it's going to be a big Chris Jones game. We'll see if Nick Bolton comes back. But uh, obviously Justin Jefferson, Hawkinson, they're going to get their points, but um, I think Kirk Cousins is going to throw an interception this game. It seems like he's been throwing an interception every game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's going to get you fewer, fewer than twenty points. Uh, yeah, I, I see that. Like, I feel like Kirk Cousins. I've had Kirk Cousins before. I think you've had Kirk Cousins before. And the routine with Kirk Cousins is he looks really good some weeks, and then some weeks he just fumbles the ball like six times in the same game. <laughs> I know I'm being hyperbolic, but like, you know what I mean? Like, he'll he'll go out there, he'll throw two hundred and fifty to three hundred yards, but you when you look at the points that you got on fantasy, it's because he turned the ball over a few times and now you're rocking with like seven points. So and then like in that game in particular, that's the game where Alexander Madison's gonna just score every touchdown on the ground or something. You know, like so yeah, you know, that's a good pick. I re- I respect that pick a lot. I I I like it. Um he had a kind of a dud last week and it's you know it's very in Kirk Cousins' realm to uh, have a, a back-to-back dud before he has another stud performance. So, you know, that's a good pick. And I think that they have to make their way... Oh, no, they're playing in, in Minnesota. Okay, I thought he was going to have to play at, at Arrowhead. But even in Minnesota, I still think the Chiefs are going to come out Oh yeah, and have a good game. 
so who's your out of the stadium pick then? So my out of the stadium pick, we're sticking with the QB power hour. Mm. You're looking downfield. You're like, who's coming out of the tunnel? Who's my starting quarterback? Who's going to have a good a good game? It's none other than Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. I like it. He's going up against the Bengals. I think he's going to have a 20-plus point game. He's going to have two touchdowns, 250-plus yards passing. I want to give him three because mm-hmm. I feel like it's just going to be a great day for him. I don't know if you had a chance to see the video where he goes to the uh, Arizona Pro Shop in the stadium to go buy a jersey, his jersey, for you know a friend or somebody, and they don't even have his jersey in the shop. And this is like three weeks into the season, you and know, he's a or two weeks into the season. And he's a starting quarterback. So, and, and the fact that he just so gracefully just—it's cool, man. Like he's living his best life right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a backup for I don't know four or five years. He's getting his opportunity. He's making the most of it. I'm a big fan. Um, I, I think this week he's my out of the stadium pick. Twenty plus points. I'm actually hoping, and I know like this is probably not going to happen and this is not a very realistic thing, but I really do hope he has himself such a great year that when the Cardinals go into the draft next season, they're they're like, you know what, we already got our QB. We just need to build around him now. And I want them to like be like, all right, we're going to give him some weapons or we're going to give him a line to protect him and stuff like that and be like, we're going to rock with Joshua Dobbs moving forward. I know that's not realistic. They're probably going to use one of those picks to get a QB. Um but yeah, I like it. I think we're all we're not, ready for we're not getting we're all ready. They're for not Dobbs. getting Jamison Williams, right? We could say that. I don't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't want Williams to go to the Cardinals. I think he would stay at SC if <laughs> the Cardinals had the number one pick. Oh, Caleb Williams. You said Jamison. I'm sorry. I said Jamison Williams. I'm sorry. I meant Caleb Williams. Uh, if Caleb Williams went there, I think I'm going to root for wherever he goes, unless like, you know, there's a handful of teams I don't like in the league. I'll root for him wherever. But. uh uh, I really do hope the Rams. Suck I mean, Arizona enough. is a, Arizona is a nice is a nice area, you know. Where I mean, it's you know, it's, it's closest to where he's playing college now. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it's like. Nah, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I like th- players, you know, you want to play in big cities: L.A., New York. Right. Yeah, you know Dallas. He's like, from the DMV. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, from if the Commanders started losing a ton, if they're like, "Hey, well." And then he plays in his hometown. Like, um, but my out of the stadium pick, it's kind of a homer pick. I liked what I saw last week. I was surprised at how much we saw this player, actually. But Ronnie Rivers on the Rams, he got nine attempts on the ground. He got targeted twice. And it seemed, and uh, Kyron Williams has a questionable tag this week, and I do think like the Rams are going to start trying to get uh start try to balance the you know the running back share. I do think uh, Kyron Williams being able to you know take every snap the week they traded Cam Akers was a big deal, but I think they don't want him doing that every week. And I think they're playing the Eagles. I think the Eagles will eventually run away with the game, and I think we're going to probably have some legit garbage time. At some point, that's going to increase Ronnie Rivers' uh, share on the field. And I do think he's going to walk away with maybe 15 touches and maybe three to four targets. And if one of them uh, ends up being a, a decent break, he might get you close to double digits. You know, like uh, he's my out of stadium pick. Uh, I still am a wait and see, you know, but our out of the stadium picks have to be somewhat wild. And so I'm going with the back running back on the Rams. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm kind of sad that you said that the Eagles might make it out of hand because, honestly, the Eagles have not looked as dom- yes, they're four and zero, but they have not looked as dominant as they have you know last year. That's true. When they were making the same run, so I think you know LA does have a chance. They do have weapons. Their defense can possibly step up, you know, this week um, because you know the 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 Eagles' offense has not looked tremendous. Um, You're right. And even and if it's I think, a close game, I do think Ronnie Rivers is going to have uh, a larger share moving forward throughout the year. I do like obviously Kyron Williams is going to probably out share uh, out touch him by like probably like probably seventy five twenty. 
But I think like Ronnie Rivers, with my based on the eye test, he could probably do something with that twenty five percent. Yeah. So week four, the split was, uh, and this is total snaps, like taking the team's total snaps. Seventy two percent of those snaps were Williams. Twenty eight percent of them were uh, Rivers. Williams had twenty eight touches. Rivers had eleven touches. So you give Rivers another three to five touches. I think he's a solid flex. Yeah. I think so too. And, and if you know Cooper Cup's coming back, um, you know that's the plan. I don't think they've lifted his twenty-one day window, um, but yeah, the plan once is they for, do that. Obviously, the plan is know. for Cup to play this week, but I, we'll see. I don't know. They haven't made a decision quite yet, and they'll probably make a decision after this podcast is released. But as of right now, these these uh, what I would say non-superstar players who are quietly becoming superstars are, are carrying this team and. Uh, we're going to have another, I think, decent Puka game, decent Kyron Williams game. And yeah, I think it's, that game might be closer than, than we think. You're right. I don't, maybe Philadelphia won't run away with it. <laughs> now I'm a Rams fan. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we're getting ready for week five. Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on? X. You can find us on X at OT Fantasy F Ball, and you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts. Please like, subscribe, let us know how we're doing. We appreciate it. Sometimes our takes are really wild, but hey, maybe we're not being wild enough and let us know. We appreciate all feedback and we appreciate you guys listening more than anything. You guys honestly could listen to any other fantasy football podcast, but if you're listening to us, man, it, it means a lot. Yeah, definitely means a lot. You know, if you guys can rate the podcast, you know, wherever you're listening, it's just a really quick, you know, one to five where we prefer the five stars. Um, it'll help us. comes up in the algorithm. You know, this is our first season covering fantasy football, but we've been, you know, we've been playing fantasy football for the past, you know, 10 seasons, 10 years. Um, so a whole decade of experience in fantasy football. And we wanted to bring you guys more than just data points um, because sometimes you just have gut feelings. Sometimes the eye test kind of outshines the numbers. Um, But obviously, you know, we're not, uh, we're not dreamers. We, uh, we understand reality, you know, we approach reality and we hope that, you know, the advice we give can, can help you make decisions at the end of the day. You know, everybody says this, but at the end of the day, it's your team, it's your lineup. If you feel a guy's going to go off, if you feel like, hey, this person, I'm going to start over this other person, you know, don't just go by rankings. You know, you're the manager of your team. You take control of your team. You start who you want to start. You know, you you do what you got to do. And if I could say something before we uh, sign out, even if you don't think our takes are good or you don't feel like you're getting any advice from this podcast, we appreciate you enjoying us when we're wrong and enjoying us uh, watching our fantasy football team sometimes fail. Because like we said at the beginning of the pod, like we have some teams that are an 0-4 and we have some teams that are 4-0. Like it, and so, like, you know, it's a mixed pot. Sometimes you get it right. Sometimes you get it wrong. Well, hey, we're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you week five of the NFL fantasy football. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.